This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. A short time ago, John Katsimatidis conducted this interview with Dr. Bjorn Lomborg. He has a great book out, Dr. Lomborg. It's called False Alarm, How Climate Change Panic Costs Us Trillions, Hurts the Poor, and Fails to Fix the Planet. Or, and you have to wonder, are the Chinese laughing at our climate efforts? So here's that interview with John Katzmatidis and Dr. Lumborg. Climate change. Everybody's concerned about it. But how worried should we be? With us today is Dr. Bjorn Lumberg, And uh, he has written uh, many books. But one of them is uh, False Alarm. How climate change has panicked and cost uh, the United States trillions of dollars. Uh, hurts the poor, and uh, fails to fix the planet. Dr. Bijon, how are you, uh, uh, Lomberg, this is what I'm worried about, is that there's a whole change uh, in world attitude uh, where they're, they're saying, oh, fossil fuels is the enemy. Uh, they're saying that uh, uh, now all of a sudden when Europeans are getting cold and you're part of the Europeans, uh, the Germans, who are supposed to be very smart people, and the, and the French, <laughs> they're saying, all of a sudden they're saying, well, nuclear energy is now uh, good energy. Uh, hmm. Is there a big con game going on in the world? I've always asked about that. Uh, in other words, who is leading the charge? And trying? They're trying to convince uh, all the American automobile companies to make only electric cars. Mm. And uh, I've studied it, and electric cars is not everything that uh, it's uh, supposed to be. Give no. us your opinion of where we are. Yeah, John, so that that's a great, actually, several questions. So, look, global warming is a real problem, but the way that it's being exaggerated actually makes us make really bad decisions. So I, I don't tend to believe that there's a con going, going on as much as it's just we end up over-focusing, for instance, as we just talked about, on heat deaths and forget cold deaths. And of course, when you worried about heat deaths, you sort of say, oh, we need to do something about global warming. But of course, if you actually want to help people with heat deaths, you need to get people air conditioning. And if you are worried about cold deaths, you also need to get people uh, affordable and reliable heating. There's a lot of things that fossil fuels give us. They basically power most of our civilization today. And without a, a reliable and fairly cheap substitute, which is not going to go anywhere, as, as you point out, the Germans have tried to switch to solar and wind. And, you know, some of it might actually make good sense. But you can't run a civilization on solar and wind unless you have backup power. And one of the ways you can have that is nuclear power. But then if you have nuclear power, you really don't need the wind and, and solar because you already have power 24-7. Uh, your last question about the electric car, 
look, electric cars are fun. If you've ever driven a, a Tesla, oh, it's a it's a it's a wonderful car, but it only fulfills a fairly small amount of what most people need. Uh, it's great to go down to the store and and you know you convert your signal with it. It will cut a little bit of CO two, but it's also fantastically expensive. And remember, you can't actually drive really far. Then you need to stop and wait for a long time, which is why, you know, 90% of all Americans who have electric cars also have another real car that they drive much longer. So they'll drive, you know, the electric car about 5,000 miles, but they will drive their non-electric car in the order of 15,000 miles a year. So in reality, we're we're talking about a lot of small gestures here instead of thinking about how do we fix problems smartly. No, I I agree with you. Uh, uh, electric cars, yes, but it has to be an option for people who want to buy yep. electric cars, not a, a mandatory. Oh, you only can drive an electric car. I mean, North America. I've said this. North America has a hundred, two hundred years worth of oil. I mean, hmm. why and. Uh, well, it's it, it's just frustrating, and and you know who they punished the most uh, beyond? Um, uh, they punished the poor and the middle class because they're the ones that have to pay more for gasoline. They're the ones that have to pay more for everything else. What say oh, you? Of, of, of course, I'm always you know when you go to New York, uh, you you uh, I or at least sometimes I meet these rich people and say, oh, you know, we should tax uh, uh, gasoline at I don't know twenty dollars a. Uh, a gallon or something. And that's easy to say if you live in New York and you can just take the subway. But for most poor people and people who actually have to commute to work, that's a that's a no go. Uh, look, we, we, we've all went to school. We studied the earth. The earth uh, adjusts itself. I mean, you know, when I tell people the reasons for hurricanes uh, is that it, it's part of the cooling process if the earth gets too hot. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I mean, what happens over 10, 20 years is like 0.000001 of, uh, of the history of the earth. Uh, and um, it's just the, some of these people are, are not convinced. Hmm. I, th I think there's certainly something to the fact that we are overly dramatizing the impact on climate change. For instance, hurricanes, every time you see a hurricane, you hear, oh my God, that's global warming. But the reality, of course, is if you look at landfalling hurricanes for the US, which is our best indicator because it's very likely that it's been noticed at least since 1900, both hurricanes and major hurricanes have actually slightly declined over the last 122 years, not increased as you'd probably imagine. Uh, and, and, and again, what really matters when you're worried about the impacts of hurricanes, what matters here is whether you're rich. If you're rich, you're actually able to deal with many of the problems that come from, for instance, hurricanes and many other natural disasters. That's called resilience. That's why when a hurricane hits Florida, yeah, it creates you know billions of damage, but a few people die and you're back on your feet in, in like a week or a month. Whereas if the same hurricane hits poor countries like the Philippines or Guatemala, it can wipe out their economy. It can kill thousands of people. And so, again, if you want to help people who are forced to live with hurricanes, the right way is not to try to cut carbon emissions so that you can slightly help them in 100 years. 
The way is to make sure that they get out of poverty right now, which of course has lots and lots of other benefits apart from climate benefits, but it also makes them more resilient, make them more able to both handle hurricanes, storms, floods, whatever. So again, if we want to help the world effectively, yes, climate change is a problem. Yes, it's something that we should tackle, but smartly. But we really need to understand that the best impacts are in, for instance, lifting people out of poverty. Bottom line, we've got a minute left. Bottom line is we shouldn't panic in any direction because anything that happens on Earth takes 100 years, tens and tens of years, and we should do things smartly, but don't panic. Are you, are, yes. are you saying the same thing? B bottom line, panic is never the right answer. It doesn't give good policy advice. Instead, we should be looking at how can we spend resources and do the most good? That's what my think tank, uh, what I really do for my day job, looks at. It's cost-benefit analysis. Look at where you can do the most good. We should do smart stuff for climate, but we should do a lot more other smart stuff for education and nutrition and all these other things, as we just talked about, lift people out of poverty. That's one of the best ways to help. And we can't, I mean, we can't take uh, European community, the United States, Canada, and put them into poverty because of climate change. Because Russia and uh, uh, China, how do I say it nicely? They don't give a damn. <laughs> there's certainly a risk that we're going to end up impoverishing ourselves. Remember, we're not going to go to the poorhouse, but these uh, climate costs will make us less rich than we otherwise would have been. So Biden's climate policy could end up make each American about $11,000 poor every year by mid-century. I don't think anyone is going to vote for that. And that's, of course, the crucial bit. This well, is not the way to solve climate change by just throwing lots of money on it. It's through innovation, it's through smart policies, and it's realizing there are many other problems we also need to fix. Dr. Bjorn Lumberg, thank you so much uh, for coming on, and I'd like to have further conversations because I think it's important. Let, let's do that. that. Thanks a lot, John. Everybody has to listen to this, and thank you so much. Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.